Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Hope you are doing well this first week of June-ish. Because it's I'm Memorial back. Day. You're back. Yay! I'm back. Guess who's here? You missed me so much, Man, didn't you, Justin? It was just like, you know, I told Alec, I was like, James is really good at like filling in the silent places where I'm like, I don't know what to say next sometimes. So you gotta do a good job. I he did am a good job. Unfortunately good, good at filling in <laughs> silence. And often uh, I fill it in with nonsense. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> that's what that's why it's boggy talk, right? Yes. Yeah. I just mean in general in my life. So Oh, it's good to have you When you back. have a kid who like has so much of your personality, you're like, oh, uh, that's so annoying. Yeah. Oh, but and it's- And I that, do that. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's like, <laughs> I think the older I get, the more quiet I get. And I'm Me not too. quiet right now. I but know. It's because, <laughs> it's just because there's always someone talking. And so at night we're just like, oh, it's quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy being by myself more than I used yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I used to score- off the charts on like the Myers Briggs, the extrovert, like 99%. And now I'm probably like a solid 75, 25. Like I like some alone time now. Yeah, me too. Me well, too. Uh, yeah. Well, this is uh, this past Sunday at church. Uh, it's Memorial Day. It was Memorial Day weekend. Pastor Michael preached and did a great job. Took we took communion. Yeah. But also sad because we have to start saying goodbye uh, to families who are moving. Thank you, military. Uh, it's the worst. Of course, it's I teared just, up. You know, it's like so, the worst yeah. part of. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, man. It's just. It's the worst part of this this season. It's the worst part of like ministry in a when well, I say the worst part, it is just a terrible part of ministry in a military community because you have these great, great families and then they leave. But also like God's gonna use them where they go. Mm-hmm. It's just no fun yeah. when they're awesome families. Now people, there's some families you're like, uh, yeah, people that's dying yes, worse. people. Yeah, yeah now, <laughs> you know, we all we just live in this this world of extremes. It's though literally the worst. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this would be worse. You're right. Yeah, I'm actually it's just gonna terrible. Viral tweet you because you said that was the worst when people are dying. You don't yeah, even. I don't even, even care. care. I don't. I am so heartless. How dare I? Yeah. No. It, it, we're sending them off. Yes, it is to a where God has a plan for them. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's a lot. I think fourteen yeah. families. I count it. So yeah, it's this a summer. lot. That you is know, a lot. Yeah, but God's going to bring new families. God will bring new families and too, better. They're going to replace them. <laughs> they're going to be so much better than them. Man, that, there's a lot of great families to <laughs> replace this season. I'm just kidding. But That's also just my sal- saltiness that, yeah, about them salty leaving, about some you know, of y'all yeah. moving. Um, <laughs> I mean, all of you moving. We're salty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also a chance to celebrate, I mean, some of the things that God's done in these families uh, while they've been here. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, the prospects, a, for example. I mean, yeah, two adoptions, I mean, two three adoptions, baptisms. Three baptisms in their family. Like, hey, that's awesome. They have and, five kids. Two of them have been brought into their family, and three of them have been born again. Yeah. Praise God. Time, like, right? And it's, they're, yeah, yeah. they're awesome uh, parents and an awesome family, and it's just cool to, you know, like their time here, they have, you know— Sought Jesus, poured out. They've served in many ways, and we're thankful for we that. We are not talking about this, but we should talk about, like, we should talk about ministry in a military culture and some things that we do and yeah. some people. That should yeah. be a boggy talk sometime. Let's do it. All right. I, I'll write it down, because we'll both forget mm. the season of life. Not, I'll throw the piece of paper away, so <laughs> right. we're just going to do our best. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, hey, we this week we are just, we're just talking about... Um, Death. Death. <laughs> but really, we want to talk about, uh, the, the, if you aren't aware, uh, pastor slash theologian uh, Timothy Keller, who is pastor at Redeemer uh, Church in New York City, uh, a very influential voice in uh, the 21st century, and really 20th, late 20th century voice in the evangelical world. It sounds so significant when you say 20th and 21st century. I know. Century, he, he, his it. ministry spanned two centuries. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but he My passed life away. spans two centuries. Yeah, that's true, man, because we're 
getting old. Yeah. Um, but he passed away uh, in, in uh, middle of May. Your so adult life spans two centuries. It really does. Mine does That's good. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about somebody okay, dying. Sorry. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. But uh, I'm back. you know, I think uh, there's there have been you know I think in Christianity uh, there have been some very significant deaths in the past two years. Billy yeah, Graham's when it comes right. to mind. Yeah. Um, but I think Timothy Keller is um, is is a just an incredibly influential person uh, in ways that people probably don't realize yeah, that's that right. he's been influential. Yeah. And so we wanted to take a moment and just talk about him, I just honor uh, his influence on um, not just our lives and ministry, but really, um, and I'm going to mention this, how th- this is a case later on, but just how he has really influenced so many people, mm-hmm. um, so many men and so many women in ministry uh, by being, I would say, a reluctant celebrity. Uh, he really wasn't, that wasn't something he sought after. And, um, but, uh, just thankful for him. Yeah. I think, I think that he is one of the, so, so New York city is kind of this, uh, trendsetter, if right. you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here in New York city, you have this guy who is like a grandfather uh, pastoring this church of a ton, ton of young New Yorkers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and he planted it. Like, it didn't start yeah, that way. Yeah, he planted so he the church. There. And it's a Presbyterian church, you know, PCA, um, and very orthodox in terms of biblical uh, views and was effective. And I think he was engaging the culture uh, with the gospel in a way that the world, the rest of the pastors in this country would, like, have to follow suit because... Again, he's in New York. It's a trendsetter. And so I think he, because of where he was, had to do some work uh, in contextualizing the gospel, not Mm -hmm. changing the gospel, contextualizing the gospel and the scripture that then benefited us as our world followed the same suit of New York. And so a lot of our gospel-centered language, Mm -hmm. I think he was a major factor in equipping the church for that. Yeah, and I think a huge thing that he helped uh, churches do was really a new paradigm for apologetics uh, and sharing the gospel where a lot of apologetics is focused on having all the answers and being able to answer every question. And a lot of of what he did uh, was he taught people how to ask great questions and to have great conversations uh, and to really be thought provoking in our questions where you have people who have, you know, you help people, you help yes. the skeptic yes. uh, listen yes. and you help the skeptic even articulate some of their own uh, reasons for not believing, but then also help in, in doing that open uh, themselves to consideration of the gospel. And I think part of that is because of his ministry context in New York City. Uh, and I think it's just, a, it's been a helpful tool yeah. uh, in way that one of his like, legacies in the church. Yeah, absolutely. So so I guess shifting gears, because yeah. we did want to honor that, and again, uh, profound impact on my life and ministry and way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, he has some differences of, of belief uh, than we do. Obviously, uh, we're not PCA. Right. Um, Presbyterians, uh, we don't believe in infant baptism. And so I was asked a question by someone uh, when I posted, you know, on actually mul- multiple ones. Uh, so some ones, is that how you say Some that? ones. Like somebodies. People? Somebodies. People Peoples. sounds like it's so many, right? So many. Like it's people are asking yeah. me. It's like, <laughs> all no, these people, <laughs> it's like when people like post on Instagram, they're like, so a lot of people been asking me my secret for this. Like no one's actually asked you. You just ask someone to ask you. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes. Exactly. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you're good. So like 
hey, how do you like Tim Keller so much when you have differing beliefs than him? And then that kind of leads even to the open door of like, how does a Christian have discernment uh, in listening to pastors, authors, speakers, all those Mm -hmm. things? And so um, that's a great question. It is. Um, I think that there's several things that I, I think when it comes to this, I think, first of all, it like realize like, I don't even agree with everything you think, Justin. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Me there's neither. no major areas of difference <laughs> or it'd be hard to pastor together. Right. Exactly. But uh, we don't a hundred percent agree with anyone. Right. And we don't even really a hundred percent agree with ourselves because we're probably going to change our right. minds about right. things. That's a great point. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's there's kind of a twofold thing. One is discernment. Yeah, you are very wishy-washy. I agree, Justin. <laughs> I'm like, eh, you know. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah. but it's like, there's there's the discernment. But I think before that is sometimes, and I think we're really bad at this in our culture, and I think Christians have just become increasingly uh, uh, worse at this, is that is you can actually celebrate someone that you don't fully agree with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just called maturity. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you don't have to agree with everyone about everything to celebrate them. Going back to your point, we don't, aren't going to agree with anyone about everything. We, you, I, we are going to get something wrong. We are. It's just because we're not Jesus. Right. You know, right. and so, but we can still, even if we have a, a difference of belief and interpretation on something, can still celebrate the work uh, that someone has done. Yeah. So, so I think obviously like Know the word. I, I would say that I have great confidence uh, in, and not that I shouldn't approach it with humility, but in my reading of an author or listening to a sermon, because by God's grace, I've studied the Bible a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pretty quickly be able to filter out what is and is not in the Bible. And if you'll even notice, again, I don't really attend a life group here that often, but when somebody's talking... I'm not scrolling my phone. I'm looking up like letter yeah. Greek and all that. Like, I, yeah, I let's so, figure it out. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not, I, I'm not saying they're wrong. I just went, let me see that for myself. And so, right. you know, the Bereans, uh, you know, in Acts, mm-hmm. they, they went and pondered whether or not what Paul said was true with right. the scriptures. And mm-hmm. I think there, that really is the best protection right. in this and mm-hmm. gives you great freedom then to listen to others and learn from others. Um, so, so I, I think I would say that, um, and then I, I would also just say like the people who I want to really take stock in what they're saying, I want I want them to be gospel centered. So mm-hmm. that means everything really is centered around the resurrection of Christ right. and, mm-hmm. and Christ being all things and talking about Jesus a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see that their scripture saturated what they're writing and talking right. about, uh, and then. As much as I would like to know that they're living it out, right? Exactly. Those three things I think are great litmus test for uh, elevating, you know, someone's writing or speaking to maybe a higher level, if you will, than the average person who's just telling you, "Hey, this is what I think." Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Saturated in the word, like that is you, you're listening to people, but then also like growing in our own discernment is that we need to be saturated in the word, and yep. in doing that. Yeah, not like, proof texting, yeah, by the way. I'm not, not proof texting, proof texting, but just, just like, and that we approach it so humbly. I, you know, I think when we approach these things, we want to approach them with a spirit of humility that first values the truth above our opinion, right. you know, that I'm not, like you said, proof yeah. texting, like I'm not coming with what I want to believe and then looking for proof, but really letting scripture search my heart. Right. And then as I'm reading people or listening to people, I'm doing the same. And then also approach it humbly in the sense that, you know, like, I want to approach things thinking there could be things that I have missed 
that I have misinterpreted, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I don't understand, that I, because of my own limited capacity, not Mm -hmm. just in mentally, intellectually, spiritually, but also my limited capacity of experience, that I may not understand. And so I want to be like, it's just positioning ourselves as students, right? right? Is is a great tool for growing in our own discernment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think a, a thing that I can pick up on and reading a book very quickly is whether or not someone, uh, has something to say or <laughs> has to say something. Yeah. And a lot of books are people wanting to say something to sell their books yeah. and build a platform. Um, that would be different than what I would say Timothy Keller, for example, did is that he wrote out of deep, long time in the scripture. Right. Um, and, and so be like, wary, more weary yeah, of younger and, authors. Right? And his books, like he didn't even begin writing until his like late fifties. Yeah, and so right. it's just there or mid fifties, I should say. So it wasn't like he was this young guy trying to prove himself. He was just like, Hey, here's the fruit of a ministry. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I think that I, I do think like, ultimately like this is why dependence on celebrity pastors and authors mm-hmm. for our spiritual nourishment instead of the local church is a problem because we get to see the local church pastor uh, and their life a lot closer. Mm-hmm. And um, there are things we're told about uh, leaders that we're to examine, and we're not able to do that with those who are far removed from us. And so right. uh, I think that's important. I, yeah, I, I just mm-hmm. think... Um, Knowing exactly what you're talking about, hey, you know, not everything that this person said is this necessarily going to be solid is great, but also humility to say maybe a different perspective isn't necessarily wrong. But I mean, I, I have said over and over again to people when I talk about Tim Keller is like, I love so much of what he puts out. I don't understand why he baptizes babies. Like, I'm serious, you <laughs> yeah. know, and and he's very confident in why he does that. And I mean, I've heard yeah. that articulation and some people would changed in reading him for 15 years. Right. And then you go, you get into the us versus them mentality. And I think in discernment, you really have to fight against the us versus them because, you know, some people would say, because he does that, he's not faithful to the Bible. Well, okay. He's faithful to the Bible. It's this interpretation of that. And, you know, I think we really have to fight the us versus them mentality as we, you know, in discernment, uh, and just being aware Like you mentioned this earlier, be aware, uh, of the potential of mixed motives, you know, like, and that's like, whether it's celebrity pastor an author or it can, you, you, you know, like, and I think I know you well, it's like, we have to be aware of that in our own right, things. We have right. to confess that to each other. Like, I mean, it could be that a pastor is just, he's saying what he wants to say, but because he knows it's what's going to fill the seats or what's going to do this. You, we've got to search for mixed yeah. motives and, yeah. and really be engaged with that to understand, like, there are people, like you said, who are writing books because, well, they've got to feed the monster mm. yeah. and they want a platform or they've got a platform and they have to feed that platform. And so they have to say, what needs to be said and the, just be, be aware that people are saying like very few people just have an, a true desire to see you grow. That's right. In Jesus. Yeah. I, I'll I say think that, you do, man, just for the, for clarity. Oh, thank you. you. Thank know? you. Thank you. Someone told me, um, uh, last week after my sermon, they said, you're going to make a great pastor one day. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and you're like, thank you, God, for people like this know, who help right, me stay right? humble. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I don't think I've felt like I arrived, but that definitely helped me to remember I haven't. Um, oh, man. I'm going to say this very profound way, and you can you can wrap it up if you want after this, this topic. There are some errors you read in the Bible, and you're like, 
I mean, not in the Bible. <laughs> I was about to say, did you? <laughs> there you are had not me, I was like, you read in the Bible. I was like, did he say I am sorry. areas? Sorry, that's drinking. PC USA books. <laughs> that's right. Um, ooh, sorry, that cut deep. Uh, anyway, there are some errors you read when people are writing, and you're like, mm. and there are some errors you read in people's writing, and you're like, Pfft. yep. Those are those are big differences. Yeah, big yeah. deal. Yeah, I, right, that is right. profound, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's so true, you know. <laughs> so, um, and I would say to just in discernment, like you have the Holy Spirit, and you, if you are, you know, faithful in a church, like you should have people who you could talk to about ideas. Uh, you know, there's there's wisdom uh, in wise counsel, not yeah. just wisdom in counsel. There's wisdom in wise counsel. Uh, talk about it. Uh, yeah. Ask people about it, and read it for yourself. Nothing. That's great. Nothing aggravates me more. Like, and you've had this conversation. Somebody with could take what I just said out of context. Yes. The little clip where I said there's errors in the Bible, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They could be like, "See, he said there's yes. errors in the Bible." Yes. But clearly, I messed up talking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It. You know it's what like, oh, like, I got this clip. Yeah. Like, I mean, I go back to a time when someone came to me and they're like, I'm really concerned that so and so is reading this book. Uh, and was it me? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, okay. They, and they're and they're actually starting a, a reading it with some other people, and I'm worried they're going astray. I'm like, well, okay. why have you talked to them? Yeah. Well, yeah, I talked to them about. Okay. Well, what are your concerns? Well, was it I the think, Book of Mormon? <laughs> it was not the Book of Mormon. Was it the Book of Enoch? It was not the Book of Enoch. Okay. Uh, you was can it ask the Book of Sirach? more yes or no questions? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty but, questions. Who was? But eventually, this? I just was like. And I didn't let I didn't let them know that I had read the book they're talking mm. about. And they started saying things that the book oh, said. Oh, it was girl, stop apologizing. <laughs> it was definitely not that. <laughs> um, and and then I was like, actually, I don't think that's in the book. And they're like, oh, it is. I was like, well, have you read the book? And they're like, right. well, no, I haven't read the book. I've read someone's blog about the book. I read, and the, the people that they referenced who had blogged about it are all people that I'm like. Do people still blog? Uh, they, people write articles like oh, okay, I don't okay, know, and yeah, I just okay. kind of was like, okay, so did you have a blog? N- no, okay, I didn't. Right. No, I didn't. I was like the Zanga account. That's a long okay. time ago, but I was. Um, anyway, that's you're really so prepared for this because you have six kids. <laughs> the way I'm just interrupting your story, and I'm you gonna keep, finish and what you I said. Moving on, I haven't banged on the table <laughs> yet. Know, Let yeah. me finish. Okay. <laughs> but it's just like read it for yourself. Yeah, like right. discern or where people are coming or shush. don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and if you're not, just be quiet. Yeah, like yeah, right, and then right. you know if you are like. It's one thing to be set in your ways. Like I, I'm, you know, I have strong convictions about some things, and there's other things I'm like, there's. I just could, I, I could be missing the boat on this. Yeah. Be open, and if you don't want to be open, fine. But stop bad mouthing people who are just trying to learn. Thought you were gonna say something <laughs> else. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, just just your mouth. So anyway, we in no way cleared that up. But yeah. we said what we thought. But but grow in discernment, you <laughs> which know? is like some Christian books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we in no way cleared that up. But exactly, we said what we thought. it's a little boggier. Yeah. But you know, just talk. I think a great way to discern, you know, is is to talk about it with other people. You know. Just talk about it. I mean, Scripture talks yeah. about the gift of and discernment. First Corinthians, yeah. First Corinthians talks about the gift of discernment between discerning the spirits, discerning, you know, discerning. <laughs> <laughs> that's just making words up now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and really, that's that's helping to discern the spiritual motives behind some things. And some things are, I think, propagated by demonic spirits, and that's that's, that's right. real. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, you know, there are gifts of discernment. Now, I will say. Again, I keep talking one. Well, one more thing. That's all right. 
I, I've never. It's like my last point in closing yeah. in my sermon. I Rarely, try to really avoid I'm, that because yeah, people hate when you do yeah. that, and then it's like fifteen, 15 more minutes. minutes. I, I don't. I can't. I tried to think through this. I can't think of anyone that I believe truly had the gift of discernment who said, "You know, I had the gift of discernment, and this is what I think." Uh, usually, it's that gift is is affirmed and discerned by other people who trust. You know, and usually, I have experienced people saying, "I had the gift of discernment," and then what they say next is like, mm, "I don't yeah. know." Yeah, how so, to know someone's judging. McJudgerson. Yeah. They're going to say, I think I have the spiritual gift of discernment. And let me tell you the 10 things wrong yes, with you and right. that other person. So yeah, yeah. anyway. When they say that, I'm going to say, you know, me too. And I discern that you don't. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and I have the microphone. There you no, go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I would hey, never say that. That's funny. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we made a boggier, but hey, we got some more questions or? Uh, yeah, some softball questions. Well, no, that's wrong. Well, one is someone did ask because we referenced... <laughs> The cat? If cats are in heaven, and uh, someone asked, and if they are, and the answer is no, of course. <laughs> there's, there's a proof text for it, yeah, right? That's right. No. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, mean, I mean, I think, you know, when we, the, the picture of, of in Revelation of the new heavens and new earth, I mean, God created, if you go back to the garden, God created animals and he called them good. No reason to think that there aren't but animals. But you've got to, cats had to be at the yeah. Tower of Babel. <laughs> There's, like, there you know, were great all animals. Of creation this, is, all, of creation is, all of creation is crying out. Why did uh, Noah take cats onto the ark and not unicorns? They just clung to the, the cross. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, I, uh, and I do think, you know, Okay. That's why Ham was so bitter. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you bring my cat. Uh, so I'm not a necessarily like an animal lover, though I do love, I mean, I appreciate animals. So have we a have a dog, but that's for my kids. It is an act of love okay. for my kids. But you can't deny that, you know, people but who do lets have, the dog like, out? that's right. Uh, I'll tell you which kid doesn't let the dog okay. out. Um but I mean, people, humans do have like a special relationship with animals, and I think that they start a gift looking like God. them. That's right. That. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I would just say, yeah, there's animals in heaven, and I think we're. I mean, the okay. lion and the lamb are, right. you know, playing mm-hmm. with each other, and I, I don't know what that relationship's going to look like. I don't That's know true. if it's like our point. pets, if we reckon. I don't know. We don't know a lot. We don't but, know. But I mean, I. God Guess created what? them called If the good. reason you want your pet to be there is because it brings you great longing and soul satisfaction, whatever heaven will be will be a gazillion times better. Yeah. So if they're not there, that's right. Jesus will be, and yeah. that's enough. I know. Right. I, know. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, next question. So we talked about uh, women serving and leadership. Um, yeah, how do we see uh, that progressing in our church if we see that progressing at all? That's a great question. I think uh, at an immediate level, like things that are happening right now, um, I mean, we, our ministry teams, our ministry leadership teams all have women on them. Uh, you know, like the, the trustees, There's that's open to women who would serve in that capacity, who are nominated and serve. So that, and those are voices uh, of leadership uh, and accountability. Yeah, we, we've actually been very, um, I mean, I think for a long time, but definitely since my experience here, we're, we're pretty tight gripped on that role of pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do believe that that role of pastor is for qualified men. And so we even have younger guys who are leading in ministry who we don't call pastor yet, overseer, elder, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say that in the Bible, uh, because we would say they probably aren't there yet. Uh, so, um, so we're not very loose about that. So it makes 
very for about that title. So it makes very much sense for us to be consistent with what we see in the Bible of that title being qualified uh, men. Um, but we we do uh, see the need for the voice of women in the church. Um, I even mentioned specifically, I think like our deacons' wives who ought to have certain qualifications according to First Timothy chapter three. Uh, probably need to be giving more of a mm-hmm. voice. What Charlotte said when she said, that's a bunch of men in the room um, making it. I'm like, that's a that's great, 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 great mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, so I think that we're looking at that. I think we're, when you think of what's happening in the Southern Baptist, and I think a lot of people, that's why they would mm-hmm. wonder this. Yeah. You know, our context doesn't even cause us to really wrestle with that tension nearly as much as Southern Baptist. Um, you know, there are women who are shepherding. Um, I would definitely say if their husband isn't a shepherd, they shouldn't be in that role because I think this flows out of the institution of the home into the church because the church is made up of of families. And so, um, you know, I, I would say that I would have a problem with the church where um, – there's a woman who's in the role of pastor and her husband is not, um, again, because of the Bible. I mean, personally, I mean, if I were just personally fleshly making a decision, it wouldn't matter, but I'm looking to the scripture for authority. And we've talked about this before. Paul refers to creation in that. So, you know, mm-hmm. while you might say this is contextual, this is contextual in the new Testament, he refers to creation, the mm-hmm. institution of Adam and Eve. Um, however, um, you know, I do think some churches are given that title, out, um, I mean, sorry, excuse me, are not giving that title out, but women are functionally doing it, and they're just called ministry right. director, minister, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, I, I think we need to make this clear distinction of like these are uh, the spiritual leaders, and a man isn't a good spiritual leader if his wife isn't a part of that spiritual leadership. Just for clarification, mm-hmm. but these are you know these these men who God is who's qualified uh, to be set out to to oversee and teach um, the congregation. Um, and I just think that's clear in the Bible and, uh, but, but, um, I do understand why, um, some churches are a little more, I don't want to say liberal cause that's just toxic, uh, are a little more <laughs> right. open mm-hmm. about that title because of how the women function, um, in Baptist life. But I, you yeah. know, and again, that's just not something we have to wrestle mm-hmm. with here the way they do. Yeah. And I would say, you know, like levels of leadership, like the office of pastor is really what we reserve, like you said, for qualified men. All the others are open, like in terms of our leadership in our church to women, right? Yeah, deacons aren't here. Uh, Excuse me, that's right. Yeah, I should say that. Uh, Yeah. um, But many Baptist churches, they are. There are women deacons. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and that's because 1 Timothy 3, there's some confusion about what it meant when it said women, because that word that is translated their wives could also just be translated the women. Um, So, you know, there's debate on that. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that, uh, you know, if if you are like, man, I want a woman preaching. Um, yeah, we're probably just not a church for you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's okay. And we love you. Yeah. And I think, you know, going to like even the life group level leadership, like there's, there's life groups where the husband and wife are leading. And sometimes the wife, if the husband's out, she'll cease teaching. Yeah. Uh, And that's like, we, okay, great. Like there's gifted women who are teaching that and they're, Co-laboring, husband and wife are co-laboring in that. Like, yeah, we definitely see them as a team, though. In yeah, those, you know, in those mixed, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we also wouldn't have a dude teaching a woman's class. Yeah, so <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It's you like, know, we could go on about. Yeah, that well, and we probably will in the future as we continue to flesh that out. So, 
All right, uh, let's talk about a um, little, this isn't really a game, but uh, this no, is kind not. of a top question. Five. Top, five, top five, top five, this is not really a game, but it's because it's not silly, but uh, some people ask, like podcasts, we talked about that with Alec last week, but hey, what are uh, some five books that you would recommend? So let's dive in. All and, right, I'll go first. And for the caveat, these aren't necessarily a top five like nope. of all time. These are just, hey, five books right now, I'd say recommend. Yeah, just, I felt like, hey, if I, and I kind of have various reasons. So I'm going to start with our, and you can tell this is well-worn. Oh, man. Because uh, it's pink for some reason. Uh, reason for God by Tim Keller. So uh, good. Yeah, it, it's the title, excuse me, the subtitle or tag or whatever you call that is Belief in an Age of Skepticism. And um, it really is a great book for uh, non-believers to understand uh, the big objections to Christianity, mm-hmm. but also for believers to kind of grow in their understanding of what the Bible speaks to those things. Um, things like there can't just be one religion. How could a good God allow suffering? Um you know, science has disproved Christianity, so all those things. And then it kind of gets into why we believe. Uh, so I just think it's a great book uh, to strengthen uh, your faith in Christ and to help you in dialogues. And I know people who've come to Jesus mm. personally that I've walked through this book with. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, yeah, Tim Keller, I, shout out. I second that emotion, man. That That's such a great book. Uh, along those it's lines. It's not an emotion, Justin. I know. <laughs> no so feelings. Fact. I was just thinking the song. Okay. You know, second that emotion. So anyway, along Who's those same by? lines, I don't know. It's, okay. If you feel like giving me. It's like an older song. Uh, anyway, uh, along those same lines, the book uh, Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. Okay. It's yeah. written uh, along the same lines. Wait. It is new. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, Sarah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. her cousin. I always confuse it. Uh, she's a great voice. Yeah, uh, she have, she's heavily influenced Harvard by professor, right? Yeah, uh, I don't remember. No, she lives in Boston. Yeah, she does. She's a okay. Cambridge, I don't know. She's she's incredible to listen to, but so well. She's uh, like Curtis out, Clark's church. Articulated. She articulates things well. Influenced by Keller in terms of his, uh, you know, the way that he com- conversates, has conversations through pop through apologetics, and I just highly recommend it. It's really good. Yeah, that, yeah, that is a good one. It's almost like an updated version of. Uh, reason for God. I'm uh, not that that book's that old, but next is the best book ever. Ever. Mere Christianity so good. by C.S. Lewis. Mm-mm, Again, so I mean, apologetics kind of viewpoint here. Look at that from when I was volunteering. Oh, at volunteer. Elementary that's school. that's old. Two eleven tw- two one twelve. That sticker on the back of your book is over eleven years old. Wow. That's okay. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Wow. Anyway, that um, the last time you read that book? No. You're, yeah. I'm just kidding. Through, no, no. I referenced it, but I haven't read it yeah, through since then. I haven't then. either. It's been a long time, um, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, man, just walks through what Christianity is. And again, it's led a lot of people to know who Jesus mm-hmm. is. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. I quote it more than any other book. It is. It's, so, it's very quotable. Uh, J.I. Packer, Knowing God. That's uh, your that's, favorite, isn't it? It, it is. Of it's such a good book. Mm. I mean, it's just foundational doctrine of God, who he is, his attributes. Um, and I think it's a, it's something that you anybody can read it. And it's just, it's profound. And I just think it's. It's wonderful. Yeah. The next recommendation is a book that our mentoring groups at our church and our staff just went through recently, and I read through for the second time, called Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderstelt. Yeah, we referenced that last week with Alec. Yeah. I haven't listened to that buggy talk yet, but yeah. anyway, the uh, it's really just about knowing the gospel and then articulating the gospel and living mm-hmm. for the gospel, and I think 
Uh, if you're a Christian and you want to live your life on mission, live sent, mm-hmm. I think this is a great resource. Agreed. I uh, have my copies, by the way, if you're not with us watching. Justin's just Oh, I don't. Them. I'm just off the top of my, off this Which paper that I read. Which is because you're more visual and I'm yeah, not. Yeah, so uh, that's why, but I had to write it down or I would forget. Um, yes, so I'm going to go with a book, uh, being a missions, uh, a book that I think is great for a missions worldview, Let the Nations Be Glad by John Piper. No shortcut um, to missions is what I thought you were going to reference. <laughs> no, not just that kidding. one. That's a controversial uh, It one is right very now. controversial. Uh, Let the Nations Be Glad, I think is just a great framework. I think, uh, you know, again, just like people have some issues with, with uh, Tim Keller, people have issues with John Piper, but I would say about John Piper and well, the C.S. legacy. Lewis might have been a drunkard, so there you, know. you go. <laughs> we yeah, immortalize people, yeah, yeah. but I think um, one of John Piper's great legacies for the church, you know, and he and Tim Keller are really about the same age, um, is is that he has really helped a younger generation of Christians have a, a kingdom worldview and specifically a, a tethered the Western church to the nations and yeah. helping. And this book is uh, really a, a, a tool and a vehicle for that. Let the nations be glad. If you're interested in a biblical uh, kind of worldview of missions, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, a great emphasis on the glory of God, which yes. has really opened my eyes to the mm-hmm. um, mission of God. The next one, I have recommended this, referenced this several times uh, in on Sunday mornings, but it's Strange New World Strange by Carl New Truman. Uh, that's uh, Aladdin, whole new world. <laughs> that's right. It's Jasmine and Aladdin there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, it really does talk about um, kind of how we ph- philosophically got to where we are today. Ooh, talks about the LGBTQ yeah. plus movement and the sexual revolution and uh, just all kinds of things. And I think at the end really helps Christians understand how we ought to live uh, in light of our current culture. I, th- I think it's so good because a lot of people think that like we just think – the way we think it's naturally. And it's like, we have to realize we've been influenced. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, deconstruction is even a construction that we might have to deconstruct from. Right? So Ooh, uh, that, that was, that was yeah. a lot of construction in that sentence. Drew Dick, who's an author of almost brought this book. Uh, your future self will thank you. Oh, he, he tweeted deconstruction is a much better word for midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's like the, that's like the, uh, Instagram filter for, that. yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Okay. That's good. That's a good way to say that. Uh, next book is just a book about leadership that I'm reading right now. You're actually reading this too. It's called lead by read, Paul David Tripp and read. I'm not done uh, yeah, with sorry. it. Uh, so, uh, I recommend, I think it's good for any Christian to read it uh, because a lot of books on leadership, it's just like some of it's just nonsense or stuff that's not applicable. I think every chapter in this, he's getting to the character and and the character of a leader, the heart of a leader. It sings a lot. It does. You read it and you're like, oh, I really need to like, it's a slower read because you have to really examine and digest. All right. My last one is When the Church Was a Family Aww. by Joseph Hellerman. And, uh, you know, last year I was um, uh, finished up my doctorate and I wrote a giant paper on intergenerational discipleship. And this book uh, was a book that uh, Michael Van Zandt actually gave me mm. um, related to that, or I stole off of his uh, bookshelf. And <laughs> Let's um, see. Uh, it still say, it says Van Zandt in there. Does, you yeah. stole it. I haven't given it back yet. Uh <laughs> Man, it really talks about just how the church was in the New Testament and flowing out in the New Testament and helps us understand how we've kind of gotten it wrong in our um, commercialization of institutionalization of the church. Mm -hmm. And I 
think it's very valuable if you're interested in this stuff. Gives a lot of church history. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap mine up with a nod to Tim Keller. You said the reason for God, and I'm going to take it back to the first book that he uh, wrote that was widely published and embraced by the church, and that is Prodigal God. Yeah, that's a good one. It is, um, it is so good, and I think. Um, you know, if you this this book, I think is evidence of how influential he is. Because if you've heard someone use the prodigal son, the the parable of the prodigal son, and teach it from the like the this is actually from the perspective of the older brother. Like Tim Keller is the one who really got that out there and helped see the heart. It's not just about the the wayward son coming back, but it's actually about the the religious older brother mm-hmm. uh, and he that he missed the lavish love of the father. Uh, and I would such, say such cultural references yes, in it. It's great. Yeah. It is so good. And uh it it might be the most um I want to say like plagiarized, because it's not the right word, but it the it's it's a book that a lot of pastors have taught, like basically what he says in this book in the past 15 years as their own and mm-hmm. like not giving him the credit for it. Uh and he probably well, I know he doesn't care now because he's with Jesus. He but he's just like, whatever. I um recently had a pastor reach out to me and he wanted like some copies of my um, sermons to help him like build his sermons. And I had to give the disclaimer. I like sent him and I'm like, if anything in here is Piper or Keller or Lewis um, and I don't credit them, it's because I don't even know yeah, what I just, say that's is a great, them It's anymore. just so ingrained. I've read, you know, yeah. and, and it's just such great uh, truths. I mean, I think there's other people that that would be true of mm-hmm. as well, but yeah. anyway. man. That's, that's but if good. you ever if you ever saw the video curriculum for Prodigal God, it was kind of weird. I don't remember. The, I don't remember that part. I do remember the. It was uh, like trying to be like trendy, cool, yeah. like Platt Chan. But then I don't you remember that. Then it's Tim, Tim Keller. He <laughs> <laughs> was just like, "Hey, Grandpa." Yeah, uh, yeah. Now I do remember the videos. Keller, that, I meant Chan and Platt are like anti that, but their yeah. videos are so like mega church yes, marketing. They really are. Uh, the videos. I'm here in Nepal on the on the <laughs> side of Mount Everest, <laughs> producing so this hundred and fifty thousand dollar video. <laughs> <laughs> but give everything away. Yeah. Sorry. They Man. are great. They the videos for, I do remember the Sorry. videos for reason for God. And it's literally him having conversations with like six or seven skeptics who, oh, awesome. you know, and at the end of it, you're like, it's crazy. Like you get in the video, it's them just having conversations and it goes through the chapters of the book. And by the end of it, you're so like vested in these people. Like you care so much about the people he's talking to who mm-hmm. aren't believers that mm-hmm. you're just like, you really just like, are longing for like the epilogue, like, and then three years later, they all came to him, and you don't know. Like, but they weren't yeah. Baptists, so yeah, it didn't right. happen. <laughs> that's right. What If you wrote a book, what would you write it on? Right now? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I, uh, if I wrote a book right now, it would be on, it would be called, it would be called Boggy Life. Life oh, in the Middle. Oh, wow. As a middle, I don't know, something about just being a peace, peacemaker. Uh, in the middle, life. I don't know. You really jumped all over there. Boggy talk, I, being in the I, middle. That's about that, being that's, a middle child. Yeah, that would be. It would mm. be from the. I've, I've mm. not thought about a book that I would write. So, um, uh, so that's but why it's all writing, over the place. You're starting right? to write a lot right now. Yeah, aren't you? starting school, working on the doctorate, and starting to read a lot of books and write a lot of reports on books and kind of synthesize all this information. Which is probably why I'm a little all over the place. You're just always all over the place. <laughs> I am a little bit all over the place, so okay. that's how my brain works. Um, if you were to write a book, what would it be on? Mm. Yeah, probably something about like living out our faith in our in our context mm-hmm. in America and what what does that mean and all that. But but Peter Kreef said the best book he ever wrote was the book he did not write when his children were young. <laughs> yeah, and they're just that's one of the things uh, that I just you know. 
I mm. want to love my church well yeah. and love my family well and don't feel like I have the time, even though I have kind of outlined a book, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. it'll happen one day. Maybe, maybe yeah, in a couple if, years when my kids are Lord, all in school. Yes, if the Lord wills. On Fridays? Will yeah. Well, hey, if you've got <laughs> questions, we might have answers, or we may make them a little more unclear, so send them our way. We'd I really think we did it. that today. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you were gone last week, and I'm tired, so that's why... <laughs> And it's Monday. We're we're recording earlier than we... You say that like every other week. You were gone last week, (laughs) and I'm tired. (laughs) That's right. It's life. All right. Hey, send us your questions. We love you so much. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.